everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, Container Journal, Security Boulevard for Media Ops. And I'm really happy to be joined by my friends from Aqua Security, uh, charge of product marketing. We've got Ronnie Osnott, and in charge of go-to-market. Go-to-market, that's right, Alan. <laughs> none other than Andy Fighton. Both, both of these guys are familiar to our audience, or you're both familiar to the audience you've been on. But guys, first of all, congratulations, Mazel Tov, whatever you want to say. Uh, big news today with Aqua. You guys raised a, a Series C, I believe it is, for $62 million. Yeah, thank you, Alan. <laughs> thank you, Alan. Congratulations. So, I, you know, let, let's talk about what this means, guys. So first of all, it looks like this round was led by Inside Ventures, correct? Yep. And and I don't know if we know who is the Inside Partner kind of leading the charge on this. It's uh, Jeff Horing. Uh, so, so no Jeff, uh, and he, he yep, one yep. of the senior people there. Will Jeff be joining the, the board of directors? Yeah, so Insight will have a board seat. <laughs> okay, will it be Jeff though, or you don't know at this point? Yeah, we're not sure. We're point. not positive, yeah. Okay, I don't mean to ask any trick questions, so don't worry. Um, so Andy and Ronnie, you know, what I thought was interesting in reading the release was, yes, Insight did lead this round for 62 million, but a couple of things to note. Number one, your existing ventures, Lightspeed, uh, Microsoft, or M12, or M7, whatever they call it, uh, Shlomo Kramer. You know, your existing adventures, uh, existing venture uh, investors all participated in this, correct? Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that says something, right? People believe in it enough to keep writing more dollars into it. it you know, kudos to the Aqua team. Because that, that yep. does mean something. Yeah, and it, it's been like that in all previous rounds as well. So we've always had the existing investors continue to participate. And I think, you know, from their perspective, obviously, this is, they've taken, especially the early investors like uh, Shlomo and Kramer and, and, and TLB Partners, have taken uh, a risk, you know, uh, investing in a, in a very early stage startup yeah. with an uncertain market. Uh, and now a lot of that risk is gone, you know, you never know, but it's, you know, it's a much more solid proposition that we have. Well, it's, it's certainly less risky yeah. than a raw startup. Less risky. But, you know, they deserve it. From an investment point of view, when they, it's almost doubling down when they continue to participate. Right? right. That's saying, I believe in this enough that I don't want to be watered down in my stake in the company. And so I'm going to invest my pro rata or pro capita, per capita share so that my, 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 you know, my stake in the company remains constant, not decreased or watered down as they raise more money. So it, it is very significant. The other thing I just wanted to mention is, hey, you know, this brings the total raise, I, I think, to 100, maybe a little over $100 million. Just over so, 100, Alan. Yep. <laughs> not, I was doing the math on my fingers. I ran out of the toes, but I knew it was close. Um so, but the obvious question then becomes, so does this move Aqua into a unicorn where you have a valuation of a billion plus? 
And yeah, I, we're not really sharing the details on the post-money valuation here. Uh, one of the nice things about being a privately held company, you don't have to share all those details. But um, obviously, you know, the, the, the number is more than 100 million. And, uh, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, bringing in a new investor that's, that's actually, you know, more than just bringing money to us. I and mean, I think, you know, what, what, what's great about uh, insight is how involved they are, how well they know the space, the introductions they can make um, to partners as well as end user customers. And they, they, this is really, uh, they are a late stage investor that knows what it takes to make make a company successful. No doubt about it. As, as we were talking off camera before, you know, I, I have a relationship with insight for a number of years now. And look, I've seen them invest in many companies that I'm very familiar with. Some of them I've worked with. Companies like Firemon and JFrog and uh, Tricentis, Aqua now, and, and others. So, I mean, their their record kind of speaks for itself. And I will tell you, more than just writing a check, I've seen firsthand, right, what what they've done. I mean, frankly, we, we've talked about working with them here at MediaOps uh, in doing something for their whole portfolio, right? And, and um Great company. You couldn't you couldn't pick a better partner. Yeah, in we definitely my opinion. feel that way. And, uh, it's impressive mm-hmm. how well they know the space uh, we, we, through the due diligence process. And no doubt about it. Here at the meeting, you know they're they're, they're digging in, um, and the you know the fact that they spoke with our customers, they met with our team, they looked at our product, they they, they went went through it. You know, it's a testament to uh, how far we've come, and 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 uh, we're excited about that. Great. So let me pivot now. So again, congratulations on the race. That's a significant amount of money. It means you guys can do some great things. In reading over or perusing the release, though, I I saw some other kind of subtle changes in messaging. And that is, you know, I knew Acker, or many of us may know Acker as a container security company. And now I see the messaging changing the more a cloud-native security company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. What does that mean, Ryan? Yeah, I think, you know, when we started out, uh, the market was different uh, in terms of adoption and also in terms of the technology landscape. Um, a lot of the technologies that are now maturing were really experimental uh, at the time. And we're not talking about a long time ago. It's, you know, three and a half years ago. Um, but uh, things like serverless, for example, that, you know, are catching on, they're not as big as containers yet, but you know, if, if you believe uh, some of what the proponents say, they will be bigger. And mm-hmm. in general, I think there's a trend to look at uh, uh, this cloud native space, you know, for lack of a better term, um, as something that is uh, supporting the next generation of application development, application deployment, and and uh, you know, runtime environments where. You know, cloud native doesn't, it's not equivalent to cloud, right? I mean, you could run things in the cloud that are not cloud native, and you could run cloud native applications in, you know, on-prem as well. Uh, but the whole notion is that you support this very agile microservices uh, environment that is uh, portable, uh, interoperable, and you can uh, update it very frequently. It's very resilient. You don't have to, you have to, you can update different pieces without uh, impacting other pieces. And, um and this is, you know, it, it, the benefits to to enterprises that adopt these uh, technologies are huge, um, and so that's why it's catching on. And we're at that stage where we see not just the breadth 
of adoption across the industry in terms of you know the number of companies that are actually using it, but also how deep it goes and how wide um, the adoption is within a given uh, company. So we're still at an early stage, but we see how a lot of enterprises like banks and insurance companies, not you know, not the tech, not the tech industry itself, um, are looking at these technologies as strategic to their objectives. Uh, digital transformation, customer centricity, all of those things. You know, I, I was telling someone in the office here this morning, we live in such interesting times if you're a tech person. Right? I think back to my first web hosting company in 1995 and what it meant to rack up a server. Right. right. Set up a server for someone. You know, my ops people walked around with tool belts with with uh, pliers and screwdrivers, right? Because you had to literally screw in the server into the rack. Um, it's a different world. It's an amazing world. Here's another, just something I want to throw out at you. When we talk about things like serverless, and we talk about, you know, what Kubernetes brings to, to uh the, the picture, you know, it, 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 it almost, there's a place for everyone here. It's not just the cloud like we think of AWS or Azure or Google or, or Alibaba or Baidu, you know, the, the data center is back. Right. Yeah. I, right? Yeah. It's still native. Yeah, absolutely, and and we think that you know if you if you really kind of distill it to from a technology standpoint to one thing, we're talking about a complete abstraction of the application layer from the underlying infrastructure, right? So that's it, right that's there, man. Moving into a serverless world, uh, but serverless not in the narrow sense of serverless functions, uh, you know, that we have today, but serverless in the wider uh, in the wider meaning of the word, uh, where you really don't have to manage any servers, um, and and. You know, any technology that aligns with that concept is, you know, legitimately cloud native and we need to support those technologies. And there are, even today, there are many choices, right? You can do everything from run, running containers on VMs to running containers on bare metal to um, running, uh, using container as a service uh, type uh, solutions or, you know, serverless containers like, like Fargate and ACI um, and, of course, serverless functions. Um, and there will be a lot of things you know, in between that, we were already seeing some some uh, uh, technologies that are still very early stage, but uh, you know, hybrid, like micro VMs or hybrid yeah. uh, container VMs, um, and this will all have a place because ultimately, um, organizations will choose the technology that serves them in the most optimal way, um, you know, without you know necessarily being married to one particular technology. And I, I would just add, Alan, you know, I think the the common theme between these technologies is the dynamic nature of the infrastructure. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the ability to spin up, whether you're spinning up a VM or uh, requesting a microservice run, you know, for, for seven, 70 milliseconds on a function, it's, it's happening in, it, over, over the course of the day, over the course of an hour, over the course of minutes. Uh, it's, that network is changing and your security infrastructure needs to understand that. And, and the old school models of securing these platforms didn't work before, and it's only getting harder with uh, things like microservices and moving to serverless architectures. I know, I, I agree. I, I think Ronnie hit it actually right on the head. We're just seeing this abstraction where that, that whole infrastructure is, is so liquid 
right? And so dynamic that you almost, you, you need to secure it, obviously, but the, the mission of securing the application, irregardless or irrespective of, of, the, of the infrastructure, is, is a mission in and of itself as well. Which means you need right? to and, and, you, and you still have to play nice. Yeah, yeah. you yep. need to understand application, be part of it, go with it wherever it's running. And that's really the, the magic of what Aqua does. Right. Yeah, well, and, and I think that that is the magic, right? And that is the mission. Go with it wherever it's running. Um, let, me, let me turn back. So, you know, some fresh fuel in the tank. What does this 62 million mean? Let, let's talk about it just in terms of go to market with you and but Ronnie, let's talk. What does it also mean in terms of product? Where you know, in this new, I mean, one could say that saying, "Hey, we're going to secure cloud native," gives us a bigger surface to play on, a bigger playground to play in. Um, yep. Go to markets a challenge, right? Both. Let's hear. Right. Yeah, I mean, so so you know, we've been one of our uh, key uh, advantages in this market has been uh, platform support and being able to support different clouds, orchestrators, operating systems, and, and modalities of, of uh, cloud native, right? Um, and I think, uh, and, and as, as we see uh, things right now, the market is not, it, it's been consolidating around Kubernetes as, as the orchestration uh, platform, but at the same time, there are many different flavors and there are different dependencies on where you're running, et cetera, that have to be addressed. So we already, are supporting a very large matrix of different technologies and, and combinations of those, those technologies. <laughs> and as the market continues to evolve, we'll need to con continue to track that. So uh, not just support them, but actually provide uh, you know, deeper security controls at each level uh, and at each step uh, of the way. Um, so because we're not only a, uh, you know, a container security solution, as, as you pointed out earlier, but we actually provide this uh, support for various types of cloud native technologies, uh, various pieces of the stack, and also the full life cycle. So starting from the very early stages of development in CI/CD, going all the way to production environments, and and this requires you know investment in in R and D. Um, additionally, we also have been investing in open source tools, um, specifically around Kubernetes, and we will continue to do that, and not only expand the capabilities of those tools that we've already put out there in the market, but also add new tools. Um, and that, and we do that as part of our uh, philosophy of, you know, educating the market, getting out uh, tools that anyone can use. Um, and then, you know, when they get to large production environments, they'll probably come to us for commercial, for commercial solution with all the benefits of, of commercial interop interoperability and support and all that. Um, so that's, you know, part of the money goes there, obviously. Yeah. And, and part of the money definitely goes out to build uh, the, the infrastructure, whether you know, we're talking sales globally, we're working with some of the largest customers, uh, companies in the world today, uh, and they have a global presence. But as we go to market and, uh, and, and look at growing the business, we've, we have a proven model at this point. I mean, that's what happens when you get to this late stage investment. They're looking for, do you have customers? Could you do more of them if you had resources in various countries? Can you scale out more uh, by solving more of their problems across divisions and departments? 
in, in those enterprises and, and, and upsell and cross-sell. And then uh, the support infrastructure, one of the things that has really differentiated Aqua in, in where, when we win our, our business, uh, and we're in a competitive marketplace, but one of the things that really drives us is our ability uh, to be on-site with the customer, to support them through their deployment, to be uh, truly invested in their success and integrating with their CI/CD pipelines, integrating with their secrets management, integrating with their SIM tools. Uh, our solution is not standalone. It's not a, a, a double-click install of a SaaS solution. This is part of your, your entire application development lifecycle. And uh, it requires resources, so we'll be we'll, there'll be people as part of those organizations that help ensure the customer deployment is successful. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm interested, guys. You know, I I think Aqua is kind of taking the lead on this cloud native security. Of course, we were all at QCon in Seattle a few months ago. There's another one coming up in in Barcelona. In uh, was it May? The end of May, I think. May twentieth. Believe um, it's on our schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, us too. I think I fly out the eighteenth. We'll we'll talk about it. But you know, I mean, we saw at KubeCon in Seattle this buzz, this palpable excitement. You know, it's hard. It reminded me of AWS reInvent five years ago, right before the you know when the cool kids still there um where do you think it goes ken i mean are we at i guess are we at the top of the hype cycle here do you think it's just starting where 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 are we going here? Oh, we're still early <laughs> <I> <laughs> not, not even close to the top i mean uh so kubecon in uh in barcelona is going to be uh they're expecting ten thousand attendees wow i didn't yes. realize that big in europe yeah, that's big for here. From all over, etc. It's not it, these European events are typically less well attended than the U.S. equivalents. Yeah. Uh, so the last the last KubeCon at, in Seattle, I think, was eighty five hundred people, uh, which was more, mm -hmm. which was about double what Austin was the year before. Yeah, before. And now they're doubling Europe. So um, so that's obviously a very promising sign. Uh, but not only that, we see a lot of. Um, Companies that um, you know are, are new to this uh, space, new to Kubernetes, new to containers, new to serverless, um, and um, we we get you know sometimes we get leads on our website. People approach us, and you can tell they've already done their homework. So these are not clueless, uh, you know, people who are just you know kicking the tires or trying to learn the basics. They've already done that, and now they're actually looking for. A solution because they know that they're going into production with their environment in whatever six months, three months, nine months, and um, and so th that's uh, a level a level of maturity in the market that we you know we didn't see uh, until recently, and also just the number. I mean the you know the, the the sheer number of of companies that are getting involved is is huge, and you know CNCF membership, including end user organizations, is growing. So all of these are indicators to where it's going. Um, and um, I think Andy also wants to say something about uh, well, <laughs> about our presence at KubeCon. Yeah, well, two yeah. things. Um, you know, I would I would also before we, before I talk about uh, KubeCon, uh, I think the the other indicator is that most of the the application workloads that are out there today are still very much in the data data center. A lot of them are still monolithic applications. They haven't all migrated 
to the cloud or if they have, maybe they were done with a lift and ship. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're talking about a market that is poised for significantly more growth. And, uh, and, we, and we see a lot of different indicators of that. And one example is, you know, our customers who deployed, say, a pilot project or a handful of applications one or two years ago are now asking us for enterprise-wide licenses and scaling this out to be, this is our cloud-native platform. We, we're going to do everything on this. But at KubeCon this year um, in, in Barcelona, as we did in Seattle, where we did a, a pre-day event called KubeSec Enterprise Summit, we will be doing the same thing in Barcelona. Uh, you can register on the CNCF site. When you register for KubeCon, you can sign up for KubeSec Enterprise Summit, which is really an event built just for large-scale enterprise customers rolling out into Kubernetes in production. We'll have customer speakers, we'll have an analyst speaker, uh, we'll have panels. It, it was a terrific event, very positively reviewed in Seattle, and we're repeating that now in Barcelona on the 20th of May. That's great news. You know, and one thing, look, I'm guilty of it. I think you guys are guilty of it, too. We call it KubeCon. It, it's cloud-native con, too, <laughs> right? Uh, absolutely. We, we do tend to, uh, for those of us who've been in the market for a while. Yeah. No, no, I, I do it. I'm guilty as charged. But I think there's going to come a day where cloud native maybe is bigger than Cube itself, right? Yeah, well, I think it already is in a sense, right? I mean, Kubernetes is just, it's, it's a bit like a, uh, you know, like a fleet, right? You have the, uh, Kubernetes is the, uh, is the uh, aircraft carrier, and then you have everything that surrounds it, you know, the frigates and the destroyers and the minesweepers and all that. And the battleships. Uh, Absolutely. I, tried, I, play, I used to play. Uh, <laughs> I can tell uh, that, right. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, I, I think it comes down to it's just harder to say cloud native con. That's true. It's got too yeah. many C's and N's. And con does roll. You're right. KubeCon cloud native con, not, not cloud native con, KubeCon. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hey guys, I know you're coming to us from Madrid today. You're at a uh, an Aqua uh, team meeting, and so I appreciate you carving out some time. But I want to be respectful as well. I know you only had you know 25, 30 minutes. So, um, first of all, congrats! Or last of all, congratulations! Thank you, you and the whole Aqua team. I, I tend to think of you two as Aqua, but I know there's more people behind there's you. Many people behind this wall now. <laughs> yeah. But um, congratulations to both of you. Congratulations to the whole Aqua team. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. As I said earlier, we live in interesting times in tech. So um, I will see you both in KubeCon in Madrid. I mean, in Barcelona. In Bar Barcelona. Yeah. And if in Barcelona. We will we'll do we're doing videos there for digital anarchists, so we'll we'll have you in and we'll uh, we'll talk some more. And we'll be at DockerCon before that if you're going to San Francisco. So uh, I'm not at DockerCon. I have to go to Iceland. But yeah, I can do, but we try. But we'll we'll talk more. But for now, Ronnie and, and Andy, congratulations. Um, continued success with Aqua. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, right. Alan. All right, guys. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, Container Journal, and Security Boulevard with our friends from Aqua Security on their recently announced $62 million raise of Round C. Uh, until next time, bye-bye.